podcast of a Lincoln Geek is sponsored by Honey Badger Games, makers of edible gummy dice and meeples, and curators of a wide variety of specialist teas, based here in the UK. Head over to honeybadgergames.co.uk to take a look at their geeky treats. Hello and welcome to Podcast of a Lincoln Geek. I'm your host, the Podcaster General, the Dan Face. And you are listening to our little show about board games and random geeky stuff. I'm joined by my regular friend and regular host, we have Pete the Collector. Say hello, Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Pete. One day I will get you that on a t-shirt for a bit. <laughs> if your birthday hadn't just gone, Pete, that would be what you'd be getting. <laughs> well, you say that, I mean, you know, my, my next birthday is now just 10 months away, so it's fast approaching. Yeah, not as fast as mine, Pete. Mine's literally like two weeks away. <laughs> true, true. But and it's we're an, not it's talk an about... unfortunate milestone. <laughs> I was about to say that. We're not going to talk about your birthday for the foreseeable future. We'll pretend it isn't happening until yeah, like I... three weeks after it's done. I, I'm still I'm still mid-30s-ish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel you on that one, mate. I feel you on that one. I mean, I know I'm a year away, but it does feel like, where have my 30s gone? Well, I'm still mentally, mentally very young, so it's absolutely oh, fine. Same. Oh, same. <laughs> anyway, uh, you haven't listened to, tuned in to listen to us talk about our aging woes. You're here to listen to us talk about geeky stuff. Uh, today's topic is basically a catch-up one. We do these once a month, just where we talk about any games we played this month or any new cool kind of developments, anything we've bought, anything we've watched we want to talk about, anything like that. Uh, just kind of a general catch-up with me and my good buddy Pete. So, Pete. What have you been up to in August 2023? Well, I've actually got a bit of a confession to make. Um, <gasps> I've hardly played any board games this month. Um, those who watched our re- previous episode will know that Dan and I did briefly get to play a board game um, uh, was it a, week- a couple of weekends back. But I've actually been a very, very filthy, filthy video game player. You um, casual, I'd... Pete. You filthy peasant. Well, actually, no, not quite a peasant because one of the games I've been playing is on the PC. Oh, you're a part of me. Forgive me. Forgive me. (laughs) Uh, So what games have you been playing, Pete? Um, So the first one I've been playing is a remaster of a 2007 PS2 game called Odin Sphere. Um, It's a... I'll put the box close to the camera. I don't know how to pronounce the other word at the bottom. Uh, Lethrasia? I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, It's very, very much... uh, It's by a company called uh, Vanilla Ware, who do absolutely beautiful games they have a fantastic gorgeous art style um just about see on the box maybe if the glare doesn't interrupt too much doesn't really transfer too well but they've done absolutely beautiful games i think if you've played you've heard of the game dragon's crown i believe it is is another one of their games like that infamous sort of side scroller beaten up game i think you have like up to four or six players um very much like the old arcade games and uh, Odin Sphere is a, is a single player game with a very, very similar mechanic where you're basically exploring different areas, beating up enemies, getting high combos, leveling up. Um, and it's one of those stories that's told uh, from the perspective of five characters. So you've got uh, Gwendolyn the Valkyrie and the daughter of the titular Odin, uh, Cornelius, a prince of a kingdom who gets turned into what's called a puka, which are basically like three foot tall humanoid rabbit creatures. Um, Mercedes, the daughter of the fairy queen who quickly has to take over her kingdom when things happen to her mother. Um, Oswald, 
the um this dark knight who has ties to the um to to the to the underworld and odetta i think she's called the queen of the underworld and velvet the uh princess of the, of the people who returned to the pukas and basically she's trying to um well they're all battling over this item called the cauldron which um i should actually forgot to mention i first got this game in 2019 back when i was deep into persona 5 i was playing this game on and off then i played the game up until the 15th of june 2020 and then put it on hold until August 2023. So <laughs> a, br- a brief a, break. <laughs> a brief break, yeah. So my memory of, of some of the earlier chapters are a bit vague. You'll have to forgive mm-hmm. me. Um, but yeah, basically they want this item called the Cauldron, which whoever has control of it can create what are called Phosons, which effectively are the souls of the living planet. And there's this prophecy of an apocalyptic event that will basically wipe out everything bar two people. Including and all the Pukas. Well, actually, no, no, no. Well, I need to unlock some of the secret endings, so there's a ah. bit more I need to unlock, but they maybe get away. I don't know. Well, but, no, no spoilers here for this. Yeah, uh, no spoilers uh, here. Where, where, what time did this game come out? Was it 2002, did you say, or something? The original was, was 2007, and then the remaster 2016, I think uh, it was. Fair enough. Fair enough. And just for people that never can't even picture the game, what type of game is this? Did you say it's a side-scrolling kind of beat-em-up, yes. or is it a top-down RPG? How would you describe it? It's a side-scrolling beat-em-up, but what's interesting okay. is that you'll often have branching paths, paths. So there are usually two types of arenas. You've either got these static, um, linear, sort of flat ones, which usually have an exit at A and B, but there may be other exits, sometimes hidden, sometimes not, that are on the map. Like, maybe you can like, find like a little uh, opening in the background. You press R, you can go into that area. And you have what are effectively these, like circular round ones, which is where you'll get um, combat. Oftentimes, you'll be jumped by a bunch of enemies or a mini-boss. And it's, it's kind of weird to sort of explain about, about the map, but effectively it's circular. So you might come in, say, at, at this point here, for those you can see at home, and then like maybe once you defeat the boss, the exit, which is by where my head is, will open up. It takes a bit of getting used to, but once you sort of... It's like, literally on a sphere, the, the, the map. It's, it, it's, if you look at the actual map, it's a sphere. In the actual arena, it's still a flat plane, but you'll find okay. that it eventually loops round. Um, and yeah, like I said, absolutely beautiful game. Really, really, very, very interesting story as well. Um, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's, I think the combat mechanics are really, really good. And it actually has a very interesting leveling system that I've been kind of sleeping on a little bit. Okay. Because um, your characters can level up, and you can either do it by killing enemies, um, but uh, the best way to do it is to eat food. Right. <laughs> so the Pukas are, are absolutely masterful chefs, and you can go into their village, and if you give them the currency of the Valentine, what's the name of their kingdom? And Velvet is the princess, uh, the daughter of the queen of Valentine. So she's like the she's like one of the only people of that haven't been turned into a Puka. Anyway, you need, if you can collect their money, you can then go to a restaurant and buy this absolutely gorgeous-looking food, which will uh, permanently give you minor HP buffs and will increase your EXP. So you can level up. Excellent. Uh, the more extravagant the food, the more EXP you gain. There's also a Puka who's traveling around the, traveling around the map. You can summon him by these bells. And any ingredients you have in your inventory, if you have a matching recipe, he will make that food for you. And Very getting happy. all the recipes is one of the 100% completion requirements, which I have done. I had to look up a guide because a few of them were very, very annoying to find. Um, and yeah, like the more extravagant the food, which is be the more expensive in the store or require more rare ingredients. Bigger the stat increase. Yeah, the, the, the greater the stat hmm. increase. Interesting. It reminds me of the Scott Pilgrim beat em up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> very much you, you like to, that. Yeah, you had to go into the various shops and you would get like strength increases, like permanent ones as well. If only food actually did that in real life, I imagine there'd be a lot more fat people. <laughs> <laughs> Just really strong, 
formidably like mentally powerful fat people yeah. <laughs> just eating, <laughs> eating everything but, but, so. you know i'm like one hair trigger away from flexing on his camera you, you sure you want to trigger that <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, this is all your gains pete all the yeah all my gains yes. yeah yeah the other way to um because like, I, I should explain the map the other way you can gain uh permanent stat boosts boosts even is by uh finding these objects that power up their everyone's signature weapon because everyone's got a, a signature weapon that's all got a crystal embedded in it which are these like magical i think these are either the company of the underworld and or the cauldron again it's i haven't played the vast majority of the game in like three years so actually four years technically now I think about it so I'm very, very vague on some of it. And the way it works is like you collect these items, which will then unlock abilities on your weapon. And then you use the phosons that you collect earlier to sort of power up. The phosons can also be used to grow seeds. You can like uh, acquire seeds, plant them in the ground, and then you can grow fruit, which you can then either eat there and then for uh, a small health boost or to make into food. So it's a case of like juggling all these different little things. Uh, and like I said, and I think for some quite a few of the characters, I kind of slept on these items. I wasn't really buffing them because I was like, "Oh, I used to use the photons for uh, for leveling up uh, for growing food." And I'm like, "Why is my character doing minimal damage?" Oh, right, leveling up doesn't actually give you the normal kind of stat boost. You do actually need to um, increase the abilities of these it- of of your weapons, sorry, which will then give you permanent stat boosts. Because I'm trying to get 100 percent completion trophy wise on this game. There's a few post game things I got to do. I got to unlock all the cutscenes. I got to go through this very, very annoying, um, uh, very, very annoying boss gauntlet. Uh, i got to get a character to level 65, which I think unlocks a lot of like, other abilities you can level up. And I got to what was it, eat all the food from the traveling chef, which means I've got to be, got to be grinding, to do a lot of grinding to like get the ingredients to then make all the food, make have a proper checklist of what I have and haven't eaten, which is something I'm really neglecting to do which will then give me enough levels to get me to 65 which then allow me to do the uh the optional boss rush dungeon which is like 30 floors of that and it covers all bosses in the game including the final five bosses so yeah the stuff we do for achievements pete i know (laughs) you remind me we want to i've recently been playing i know i'm going to slightly my own thing here but i've been playing prey uh quite a lot on the playstation last month really i think i completed last month but one of the achievements on that is to eat every bit of food on the ship like uh, each type of food Mm. there's there's you've got this whole space station there's food everywhere so that i I didn't keep a list of what food i've been eating and the game doesn't actually tell you so i have Mm -hmm. no idea how close i was to do this achievement so my only chance i had to do this was to go into every single room in the ship and just stuff my face with every (laughs) bit of food i saw i just i love the mental image of like this uh survival horror kind of thing and you find you find these ragged survivors help us mr scientist help us and you're wait a second <laughs> just shoving a whole pineapple into your mouth not even chewing just kind of whole ca- a whole cake drinking several bottles of wine in front of them <laughs> you have to yeah it's uh, you have to have every single bit of food and um drink it, that individual like there's like a hidden checklist it doesn't actually yeah. tell you though so i had no way of tracking it and i wasn't going to write down what food i'd be eating so i just literally ate everything inside <laughs> same same i haven't so, been keeping bit of a tangent what, there <laughs> what food i've been eating from this traveling chef um it does spread across all five characters if i've eaten say one dish with one character i don't need to worry about it with the other ones but i found this out like you know um uh, so i was picking up i picked up this game after because after like three years, I think I completed four of the five characters' story quests, and I was about halfway through the fifth one. So I have no idea what I haven't haven't eaten. So yeah, I'm. <laughs> that's going to be a bit tedious. And of course, like I said, I, I wonder if there's a fun. stats. Me- I wonder if there's a stats menu somewhere that shows you how many. Not kind of... that I found. Yeah, that, so... that's the trouble with some kind of games like that. Mm. That um, 
when we'll go for I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but when That's it's good. like an achievement, you I've got like a um I've got like a criteria of what I would it needs to mm. be for me to bother going for it. A, I need to really like the game, which it sounds like you do for Odin Sphere, so that's oh, fine. And B, it. it can't be too grindy. If mm-hmm. it's too, or if it is a bit grindy, there needs to be a way to make it easier. Like maybe you could purchase an upgrade that shows on the map mm. any kind of collectibles you've missed or something like that. That that will I'll I'll accept that. But if it's um if it just chucks you into a huge open world map and says go collect a thousand feathers, um yeah. I'm like Nah, probably not going to do that. <laughs> no, I'm with you on that. And I mean, it's like seven pages, seven or eight pages of, of food. Like I, said, I know I've eaten a good chunk of it. I just don't know what I have and haven't eaten. But yeah. also, the, like I said, the art style of the game is very, very beautiful. And the food is exquisite. It is probably the best um, 2D hand-drawn food porn I have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Legitimately gorgeous. I do recommend this game. Oh, one other thing as well I've got to mention. The music is outstanding. It reminds me a lot of the cult classic PS1 game, Final Fantasy Tactics, which I've heard samples of that music, and that's really, really good music. And like I said, the, the soundtrack of this game is, is gorgeous. I, if you get a chance to, I highly recommend listening to it. There you go, folks. A music re- uh, soundtrack, original soundtrack re- <laughs> recommendation for you there. Okay. Well, uh, just to go on to uh, another topic, if you like, I'll move on to one of mine. Yes, I've actually played a board game with oh, you, wow. Pete. I know. Yes, <laughs> we, yes we, true. We, you we, did. We did play one this month. I actually played two, but spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one I played for you was Alien Isol not Alien Isolation. That's the PlayStation game. Oh god, I'm such a console peasant these days. It's Alien Fate of the Nostromo. Mm. Play that we played it twice, didn't we? Very quick yeah. game. Um, it looks complex at first, but it's actually quite simple. Uh, it's a lovely little co-op game set in the uh, Alien universe, actually in the first movie. So there's only one Alien, but that's still pretty uh, pretty formidable on its own right because you've got no weapons on the ship, really. <laughs> so you need to find a way of dealing with it. I, I quite like the game, didn't you, Pink? Oh, I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's by the same guys who did done the Horrified duology. It is, yeah. And mm-hmm. I love Horrified. I need to play the second one. You can um, really tell their style of co-op yes. games, can't you? They tend to do like a, a map layout with different locations, um and uh, yeah they seem to go really apply the theme of whatever the game is really well to the aesthetics of it and, the, and like the objectives mm. like in horrified you've got unique ways of taking on the uh, not the aliens the monsters um in in alien as well this game here all the objectives kind of feel like they could go straight out of the movie pretty much yes, yeah to, uh, to win the game i mean i won't go into all of the rules but essentially it's a co-op game uh you do your actions and you can move around pick stuff up put stuff places you can use items make items and you've got to try and achieve um i think it's three normal objectives on the Mm -hmm. normal difficulty and then you have a secret final objective which is usually something like escape off the ship or blow up the ship something like that you have to self-destruct sequence that kind of thing um and you've got like a communal health bar between all players so you either all die together or you all win together uh yeah but it was fun uh the only criticism i would say it it can be a little bit easy once you know what you're doing mm. uh like we actually lost the first game because <laughs> uh because we uh we we did actually have a bit of bad luck but i feel like i forgot some of the best tactics uh which i then remembered for our second game because there's some of the items are really powerful almost over powerful i would say mm. like the flashlight um really cheap to make but it reduces all damage to you by one. And as the average damage is two, you know, just kind of makes you like a tank, basically. 
Yeah, because I got in my notes that we took five damage on one turn in game one. I yes, think we did, because we didn't have any by... items, did we? Yes, we got any items. I think you got startled, ran away, <laughs> and then you ran away from the alien who then popped up in front of you and saying, oh, wait, you're not getting away from me. And like, <laughs> so like... Basically... <laughs> Yeah, it was like a Benny Hill sketch there. Kind yes. Of thing. I, I ran I, yeah, yeah, I ran into the alien. Ah, scary! Ran away, <laughs> and somehow the alien managed to get in front of me, <laughs> popped out in front of me, scared me again twice in the same row, didn't it? We lost loads of health. Yes. Um, that time. Um, one quick thing I will mention about the game is it also has the cat as a game mechanic, which I think <laughs> is really funny. Anyone from the movie, will, uh, any fans of the movie, will probably remember the cat who's kind of a jump scare in his own right in the film. He's also a jump scare in the board game. Uh, you have like little tiles, like encounter tiles that pop up around the ship. These represent the doors kind of opening. You can almost imagine like when the, 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 the kind of the iris style doors open in the ship or not. And they could either be empty, as in there's nothing there. Great. Or it could have an alien, which is bad. <laughs> or it could have the cat, which doesn't hurt you much, but it's enough to scare you a little bit. Uh, and so you lose a little bit of morale if the cat jumps out at you. Um, you also can deal with a cat by building a cat carrier and hoping to catch the cat, which I think is a lovely touch as well. One thing about the cat carrier, which I forgot to mention in our previous episode, I remember watching the first Alien film with some friends, and I think yep. we noticed how the way that Ripley was swinging around the cat carrier. Uh, if there yep. was a cat inside of it, it probably would have taken a strong degree of damage. Next time you watch, watch the movie, just watch how she's swinging it around. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously empty. You always got a stuffed cat in there. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, because the, if there's an actual animal, animal in there, poor thing's going to get its brain Wait, this, this was the 70s. They probably had, like, stunt animals. I don't know. <laughs> Possibly, but there was certainly no yelping know. of a cat Different. being smacked from one side of the carrier to the other. Yeah, poor kitty. Or they muted it. <laughs> probably. Well, mm. um, yeah, it was a fun game. We played it twice. We lost the first mm. game quite badly, though I think we got yeah. two of the three objectives done. We died on the third, and then we, we yes. flipped over to see what the final objective would have been. And it would have been Ash popping up, wouldn't it, I think? But to ask if it was the bad milk robot. It was bad milk robot. He popped out. <laughs> uh, oh, God, I love the bad milk, bad milk robot references. <laughs> if you don't know the reference, look up the Hong Kong translation of um, of the box, back to the box, box art for Alien. It is absolutely classic. It's got. It's almost worth re reading out on here. Does it yeah. in space? No one hear you because you deaf or something like that. Uh, it's uh, like... Something like um. Hang on. Oh dear. Here we go. I apologise for the horrific translation. We're gonna have a, a dramatic reading of the. Is it this? Is this the Chinese bootleg version of Alien? Yes. Here we go. Hong Kong Alien. Um... And then Pete, are you ready to do a dramatic reading of this? Yes. Epic bootleg hip, uh, synopsis of the Alien uh, DVD film. Spaceship people get up from sleeping coughing, coughing even, and have eat. Computer woman finds strange noisings on planet and asteroids go, go to seeing. Asteroids find big elephant man who dared then find too many egg. Astronaut is possessed by evil, by egg demon and new egg demon is come when eat bad noodle. Seven friends and cat all try to find Egg Demon before spaceship go home, but is hard working. Who will life to escaping? Who is Bad Milk Blood's robot? Scream not working because space make deaf. That that was that was powerful. Thank you, Pete. Thank you. <laughs> 
Excellent, excellent reading there. Yeah, that's a, a classic reference there um, yeah. uh, from the internet. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> so yes, we played it twice. Uh, sorry, what were you going to say? It was like, we know about it, now you have to as well. Yes, you you, the, you have now the burden of knowledge. <laughs> um, yeah, so played it twice. We uh, lost the first game and mm. we won the second game because we were a lot more prepared uh, where we built actually items to deal with the aliens. So we had like a grappling hook so we could kind of push the alien away mm -hmm. in the direction of our choosing, which you very wisely picked to use. Um, we yeah. also had a flamethrower, which we didn't actually use, but uh, we needed it for one of the objectives, I think. Um, yeah, and we had a, like cattle prods. We were a lot more prepared mm -hmm. and we won quite comfortably the second time around. If we do play it again, I would like to play with the director's cut uh, rules. I think they add a bit of um, an extra layer of complexity to the mm -hmm. game. I think it make it maybe a little bit more difficult, a bit more thematic as well. Yes, um, I agree. Yeah. Uh, what I would love to see for that game is because it's a co-op and you don't want to have player elimination. Everyone's essentially immortal. Uh, I would love to see like a solo version of the game where you pick your main character and then the other characters are kind of like NPCs. Mm. So maybe you've got like, as it's, I, I'm just imagining this as a solo game. So maybe. Um, you move your actual character to their full abilities and then the other characters you maybe get like one action which they can either move or do something that kind of thing and then you have the alien and if the alien encounters the npc it will kill them mm. so you have one less ally and then you take a morale uh, loss as well uh i i, I think i think that's quite feasible really i think from, that's quite feasible that could work uh, i'm actually surprised there isn't a single player mode because horrified has a single player mode where i think you just got one character and I you need to double check how many monsters you have to fight, but you start at three on the terror tracker. So effectively, it's actually too many bad um, card pulls, and you end up um, with the game over. But yeah, I'm kind of surprised you didn't put one in this one. They're, without looking at the rule book, who knows? Maybe there is one at the back. Maybe. But I don't think they have this kind of um, killing off crew members rule, which I've, yeah. I, I just, it's a minor nitpick and it's just for the theme. I find it a bit weird that literally everyone on the ship survives if you win. I feel like it should be picked off just like the film. But Agreed. Yeah, exactly. It minor thematic nitpick, though I know why they didn't do that because mm -hmm. it's a co-op game and you don't want player elimination in a co-op game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Se Semi-co-op, maybe, but... Co-op, uh, fully co-op now. You need everyone invested. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, like thematically, it doesn't make any sense because once the alien jump scares people, usually they get dragged off to be turned into. Because um, I think there's a cut scene. I, I'm surprised that the alien, yeah, when when they jump scares them, because normally, if I remember correctly, in the actual uh, the cut scene from the film, the alien drags them back to its nest and turns them into new eggs. Yes, that, yeah, that, that was a cut scene, and it was in the book because I know the book yes. sometimes includes the. Uh, cutscenes where captain dallas gets captured in events in the movie and then you never see him again yeah yeah uh, and th there was a uh, deleted scene where you actually see him kind of being cocooned actually kind of form mutated into mm. the actual eggs which i guess is a concept they scrapped in the, the later films because it became it became the actual queen that was laying mm. the eggs uh, anyway well before i cover my uh, last actual game board game game-ish game uh, of the month is there anything else you wanted to talk about this uh episode? yes um yes there is actually so as i said i've been i've been playing a pc game recently and that is the most america game to ever freedom and liberty Broforce. America! <laughs> i think however how i discovered this game uh, i think i heard about it a couple of years ago and i think it came out in 2015 um if Dan could just please uh, change the screen to the screen share I'm doing. Yeah, I've got the Steam page up right now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, as you can see here, I, I pause this cutscene. Basically, every single playable character is some parody of a 80s, 90s action hero. You've got like Rambro, Rambo, B.A. Brocus, B.A. Brocus, Command Bro, and all these other ones. And they, they released their new update, Bro Force Forever, on I think it was the 8th of August, which includes characters like uh, Demolition Bro, Brophy, Zebro. Uh, the guy from the fly, a guy the, from just worth noting out there are girl bros as well, aren't there? Yeah, girl bros, yeah, there, there's equal representation in this game. Oh, bros. I didn't mean to play. Uh, yeah, she got like <laughs> Ellen Brophy because, um, yep. the aliens themselves are actually monsters you will fight in this game, which is oh, yeah. really, really cool. Um, yeah, the art style is very much like very, very minimal 2D pixel art, everyone is super jacked. Um, <laughs> you've got like, oh, you've got like, uh, what is it? bro heart there screaming about freedom and yeah it's i i love tongue-in-cheek humor i love oh, here we go yeah here we go here's the one with the aliens you see you've got the actual can i zoom in cool yeah you've got like the actual like the xenomorph you've got their eggs they've got all the blood coming out sorry the acid blood coming out and some of the later levels like this is like like deeper in the alien nest and you see you've got these spikes on the walls and i'll just see if there's any more that's like... that's pretty awesome but uh, yeah i love the tongue and cheap humor and you're kind of saving yes. the day through through, through freedom and uh guns and it's it, it fighting against the evil communists and demons and aliens <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's, it's terrorists uh aliens and hell itself um of course they they all need freedom bringing to them exactly the only freedom bringing to them i think what is it i think in one of the cutscenes. <laughs> Uh, one of the characters fires a bullet and he goes, you can't escape freedom or something like that on it. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, I just love like these sort of like tongue in cheek style games. Um, I love eighties action films. Uh, what is it? I think they, they reference quite a few of them as I like. They've got like Ram, sorry, Ram bro. You've got uh Brobo cop, AKA Robocop. You've got, um, the Brolander Highlander. Is there Ripley Brolander. as well? Just to keep yeah, on yeah, yeah. There, yeah, there yeah, is, is Rip Bro or something. What's she called? I think it's alien Rip bro. I think she's called alien. But Rip yeah, bro. they actually got quite a few female bros. It's pretty cool. Like you've got Buffy, you've got mm-hmm. Xena, you've got Ripley tank girl i think it's another one yeah there's, there's a couple more i can't remember off the top of my head and what's cool is that every single character plays differently so uh rambo for example is a very very static ca- standard character with like a gun his special attack is he throws grenades um ba baracus though his standard attack is a flamethrower which has got very 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 short range but just cuts through terrain because terrain's also destructible uh which i'll come back to in a minute and just cuts through terrain a few characters have explosives which um i find them very difficult to use with the exception of Rover, because usually you'll throw the grenade, it hits things, bounces away, and it ends up like th- like the other side of the map. And you're like, I don't want to blow up there. I want to blow up the, the the evil terrorist who's in who's opposing freedom. Of course. And finally, there's also melee characters. You've got like um, Broly, Bruce Lee, the Broad, the Bride, and they're really really good fun characters to use. But they're not great against some of the bosses. Um, quite a few of the bosses require, I think, a decent degree of range. There's one called the Terror Crawler, which took me quite a while to defeat, which is the unholy abomination of aliens and terrorists working together. It's basically just a giant... Because um, one cool thing about the aliens is that they're not just your standard xenomorphs. You've got other monsters inspired by them, and quite a few of them are look, 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 look like the size of skyscrapers just towering over the player, which in real life would be absolutely terrifying. But yeah, like the Terror, terror Crawler, I think I showed Dan a cut, like the battle of it, it fires missiles and spits acid by the end of the, uh, the, the end of the fight, like all that clip I showed Dan, uh, there was no space, no terrain left. 
and you had to take this thing out very, very quickly. I managed to defeat it with Broden, um, aka Raiden, from the uh, first Mortal Kombat film, and one of the best video game adaptations, uh, video game adaptions, excuse me, don't at me, it's still good. And <laughs> he has a really good lightning attack that makes mince me a bosses. Otherwise, I would probably still be fighting that guy. And yeah, like I said, it's really, really good fun. It reminds me a lot of games like Metal Slug and Contra because you have one hit kills, and when um, if you if you rescued prisoners of war, you then unlock your next. You can like, play your next bro. Otherwise, you lost the level. Start again from either scratch mm-hmm. or the checkpoint. Uh, and I quite like that. It is random which bros you get though. So you can have like the perfect bro for a boss fight, and then either you die and you lose a life and you go back to a checkpoint, or whenever you rescue a bro. Uh, sorry, a person of war. It changes your bros. You can have the yes, perfect I remember bro that. Fight. And then, oh no, you've changed to a uh, a bomb based one that has the bomb bounce bounce half a screen away. Have fun with that boss. Yeah, yeah, I um, remember that. For I, I mean, you bought me this a while ago, and criminally, yeah. I haven't played it that much. I should do because it is it does look really fun. I do um, remember it was very random though, so you need to be in the right hmm. mood for it. Because I had like some bros I was definitely better at than others, and every yeah. time I rescued a bro, it would morph me into another bro, and I'm like, oh, I wanted to be that bro. <laughs> I would almost like a choice. You could like pick which bro you want to be, but mm. I imagine it's meant to be a fast-paced game, isn't it? Yeah. I feel yeah. I feel like if you had like a character select screen pop up, and there's like what like fifty different types of bros, it probably take too it long. Would take now. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, actually, because there is, I haven't actually a mod for the game um, that mm. actually lets you choose your bro. I yeah. need to look into that one because it might actually involve actually modifying the code rather than just downloading it from Steam. But I need to look into that. But the other thing I wanted to mention is, like I said, this game came out in 2015. It was an early access. And it's, been, it's had a bunch of updates ever since, all of which were free. Uh, it's like new new maps, new characters. I think the most recent one was the respect to the developers. That's the way. Yeah. That's the way it should be. They're obviously yeah. uh, doing the right thing for the fans of the game there, and it, it can only really help their image when they do that oh, kind of thing. So I, yeah. I imagine this is a kind of a smaller indie company, isn't it? Yes. Than, yeah, I think it it's is. Not some soulless EA corporation. I think the closest game is, is, is published by Develop, Devolver Digital, I think that's called, uh, who I think is like a, like a small indie publisher who mostly publishes like small indie games. I think they used to have E3 presence, uh, presence at E3 where their presentation was just them basically just taking the mick out of the wider gaming industry, if I remember correctly. Never really paid uh, much attention to them. I should really look into it. But yeah, you mentioned the unholy evil that is EA. Um, mm-hmm. I imagine if EA was in any way involved with Broforce, similar to how they've monopolized, uh, monetized sorry, The Sims and how mm-hmm. everything that was part of uh, the base game of earlier Sim games is now part of $50 DLCs. Mm-hmm. I imagine every time they released one new bro, yeah, it would be $10 DLC. Yeah. Whereas, like I said, the In-game Broforce... purchases. Oh, you want to exactly. rescue this bro? Here, give us 10 Exactly. <laughs> yeah, very... Well... Anyway, Pete, just in the interest of time, uh, I'm sure. just going to quickly move us on now. But please, yeah, everyone, check out Bro Force. It's a really yeah, funny game. It's very good for just quid? a nice light bit of nonsense as well. So yes. Yeah. Just, just have a bit of fun. Yeah, and it's 12 quid on Steam right now, I believe. So well worth, that. well worth that. Because I streamed it to a few friends on an art Discord server I'm on, and mm-hmm. we were just laughing our, our, head, our, our backsides off. And I think we're trying to arrange four players because there's one achievement you can get if you have all four players flex in the most bro fashion possible. <laughs> There is a flex button, and it is fantastic. And for anyone uh, watching the video of this, you got to just see uh, it, uh, Pete do his best bro impression there. Check out those guns. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> I'm definitely not challenging you to an arm wrestle anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, in the interest of time, because we've hit our 
ever expanding time box for these episodes. Mm. Uh, I also played a, uh, a quick game. Um, uh, we had basically a long day at work of meetings. So basically someone brought a card game in just to break it up halfway through, which is very nice, actually. It's good, good for morale. Uh, it's a kind of a push your luck dice game. It's called Age of War. Ooh. Uh, kind of set in uh, kind of feudal Japan. Um, it's kind of very, very quickly. Um, you've got like various kind of samurai kind of clans or castles or territories in front of you. And you needed to roll a certain symbols on dice to claim them. And um, if you didn't get to match any of the symbols, you have to remove one dice from your pool and then roll again, roll again. And you have to try and kind of complete sets on cards to get those points. And uh, where, where, where the strategy comes in is you can uh, kind of go for your own kind of the unclaimed castles in the center. And if you get like a full set of them, because they're, like, they're like sets of colors, then um, you flip them over and they're locked and they can't be stolen. Because mm. if you haven't got them locked, other players can steal them off you if they manage to roll the symbols again. So you can kind of steal each other's castles like from okay. the various clans. It was a fun bit of game, a fun little game. It lasted about half an hour as well. Uh, not too heavy. Uh, yeah, we managed to fit in, fit, in a, fit in a lunch break at work. So, yeah. Age mm, of War. Look into. Mm, definitely. Cool. Okay, well, I feel like we've pretty much hit the time box there, Pete, unless you have any uh, final thoughts for the mm, episode. No, nothing other than, like I said, I do highly recommend the two games I, rec- uh, I, I talked about. If you get a chance to pick up both, um, well worth your money. If you want to bring freedom to the enemies of America, check out Broforce. Exactly. Broadforce. exactly. <laughs> excellent well uh always fun talking to you pete um gonna call it there thank you everyone at home or walking the dog or doing the dishes whatever you're doing thank you to thank you to listening to our random little show about board games and other geeky stuff uh and as always well actually we need to plug the site first don't we pete interrupt my catchphrase there uh yeah so check out our website on d-o-l g.co.uk i think it is d-o-a lg.co.uk this is why i don't like doing the plugs guys <laughs> or diverlinkindy.com we're all also available on facebook twitter my face live journal instagram all that kind of thing uh probably not a couple of those that chucked in there uh so yeah check us out uh but until then always be gaming everyone bye keep gaming bye